Eden Mithalcha. Welcome to Crown Behaw Podcast for May 11, 2023. My name is Terrence O'Donnell, and I'm back again for another episode of Backpage News from Around the World and an op-ed about something that may be important to you or not. In this once-a-week podcast, I try to stay away from the prominent headline news of the week because it seems redundant to repeat the same news that you already know about. Instead, I try to offer you Backpage stories from news feeds and writers from around the world that you may not have heard of. These stories are usually about anything under the sun that may bring you a smile or two or make you think for a moment, or at least I hope so. A little about me. I'm of Irish descent and a self-professed Sean Kay, a Gaelic storyteller. And I want this podcast to feel like we are sitting under the Gaelic Crombiha, which translates as the Tree of Life, which is typically the village oak tree. Sitting under the imaginary tree together, I will, I will pass on some headlines to backpage stories and my commentary, some of which may even be amusing at times. This show is more about me trying to bring attention to the little-known stories found in the world's news during the last week. I want to use this podcast as a friendly space to promote my activism to address the wrongs of the world, at least the ones that are often missed as the front-page news tends to overshadow them. I just hope I can do so without offending anyone. I offer this podcast free to anyone who cares to listen because I have no desire to charge money as I bring attention to the little things going on in the world I feel you should know about. I think monetizing this show takes away from the idea of what this show is all about. I do offer the option of donations and subscriptions should I ever become good enough to deserve them from my written online stories and articles. More about that during the break. Speaking of which, I will be taking a break once I have delivered the headlines. During the break, I do promote my own website and stories and, and articles in a short one to two minute clip, but nothing too fancy. So let's, let's go ahead and let's get into what I found for you this week. My first story of the week comes from a few days ago, entitled The Environmentalist Want the FTC Green Guides to slam the door on chemical recycling of plastic waste. The plastic industry says heating and treating plastic waste with chemicals enables it to make new plastics. But the environmentalists say the process emitting large amounts of climate and pollu- air pollution isn't recycling or green. It's a rather, le- rather lengthy article in InsideClimateNews.org about how the plastic recycling industry is doing a smoke and mirrors show and not recycling at all or the bare minimum. A lot of the plastic labeling is false, and the stuff ends up in landfills or incinerators. We need to do more to make plastic go away altogether and invent another green alternative. Maybe someday. And then my next story is a political one of sorts. This one came from Tom Hartman, the Hartman Report from Tom Hartman. Orban. And if you don't know who he is, he's Hungary's prime minister, is giving the GOP lessons on soft fascism at CPAC, and they're taking notes. For 20 years, Hungary was a functioning democracy. Today, it's a corrupt neo-fascist oligarchy. Europeans refer to it as soft fascism. Orban succeeding in pulling off what Donald Trump tried. Now, the article has got a lot, of inform- a lot of information in it, and what he talks about is all his business with Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and leading the criminal insurrection a couple of years ago on January 6th, and 
this latest deal with him being on CNN last night is definitely not helping him any as far as dissuading the public that he's not an autocratic leader. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's another Adolf Hitler in the wings. But that's, that's, that's a whole other thing. So the big thing is, I would recommend reading this article. I'll post the link to it on the webpage. And he's, it talks about how he was hosting the CFAC Republican Fascist Fest, as Tom Hartman calls it, in Budapest. And a lot of GOP people went over there to listen to it. And it's all about what they're learning from this guy and bringing it back to the United States. Tom Hartman goes into all the patterns and everything that are showing up and so on and so forth. Uh, but again, I would definitely recommend reading it. And next, more of the anti-trans stuff. Most Americans support anti-trans policies favored by the GOP, poll shows, by Laura Neckler and Scott Clement in the Washington Post. Clear majorities of Americans support restrictions on transgender children being assisted in transitioning. We all know how the GOP is waging war on LGBTQ+, and the transgender community. And now they have a poll to support their agenda. As in the previous article about Hungary's Orban and past history of 1930s Germany under the Nazis, the U.S. is headed for a big fall soon if things don't turn around quickly in the next couple of years. There's a whole lot of truth to that. And here's another one that kind of falls right in with the GOP stuff. This one was in The Guardian. The conservative scholar who lit a match to the U.S. rights education wars. This is from The Guardian by Eamon Fitzmorris. This is a story about a conservative scholar's views on woke education in the U.S. and how it's taken out civics in the classrooms across the country and leaving kids in the dirt. No civics classes in a lot of places. These kids can't even pass a basic civics test civics test anymore in a lot of red states because the classes are being replaced with more ideological ones sparked by this Stanley Kurtz's articles. It all stems from CRT and the fear of it. States are modeling bills after one he penned about model legislation. The bill stops students from practicing civics lessons outside the classrooms. No more shadowing legislatures or advocates for or advocating for local causes. No direct interaction with legislatures anymore. And that's a sad thing. I mean, it used to be a fun thing for the kids to go out and do shadowing for a day or small internships with legislatures. Well, now they're passing laws saying you can't do that anymore. And they're not teaching civics in school anymore. So now the kids are coming out. They have no idea what the American government looks like, how it operates. And can maybe kind of wonder if that's by design. And here's another one. This is also about transgender information. This was in the NewRepublic.com. The far right's dangerous fertility myths. Conservatives such as Candace Owens pitch trad life as the only safe harbor for women who fear abusive men. The truth is anything but. It's a story about women's rights over misogyny and how the Christian religion promotes stay-at-home, submissive, constantly pregnant women, especially the Catholic Church. Frustrated by outdated grids, consumers are lobbying for control of their electricity. So this is a little bit political, but it's more about climate change. And this is, again, from the United States. Frustrated by outdated grids, 
consumers are lobbying for control of their electricity, and climate change is spurring interest in remaking local infrastructure to accommodate renewable energy, minimize power failures, and expand consumer choice. This is by Emma Foringer Merchant in InsideClimateNews.org. It's a story about how some states are tired of dealing with higher prices, aging power grids, and are seeking local control of and setting up local alternative green energy sources owned by the local municipalities, and how the for-profit energy corporations are fighting back to keep their profit margins back, keeping profit margins up. Now, I mean, go figure. Anytime local control steps in and lowers prices, you can just bet the corporations are going to cry all over the place and do everything they can to stop it. But I think that's a good thing for the Americans. Uh, They can get local control and they can use that money to uh, repair the infrastructure. As we all know here in the United States, it's fallen down around our ears. And here's another climate change or environmental article, more so than anything. The EPA extends federal products protection to tribal waters. The proposed rule will ensure more than 500,000 tribal citizens enjoy clean water protections. And this was from grist.org about indigenous tribes. Over 20 years of work, after 20 years of work, the EPA extends the protections guaranteed by the Clean Waters Act to tribal waters that never had them before. This affects more than half a million people in the U.S. This won't apply to the 47 tribes who already have their own program in place, but it will allow the tribes to implement their own programs. So that's a good thing. Clean water for the indigenous tribes and reservations now, something they didn't have before. You know, everybody should be treated equal in regards to everything. And now that comes also to um, environmental issues especially. And here's another one for about indigenous people. Crisis. Calls grow to stem violence against indigenous women. Advocates demand urgent action on day commemorating, commemorating missing and murdered indigenous women and girls in the U.S. and Canada. And this is from Al Jazeera. It's the crisis over mass murder of indig- indigenous women and two-spirited children in North America. Two-spirited in the, in the Native American language means people, uh, transgender, you know, gay people, stuff like that. And what is not being done to help them avoid genocide. They're calling it an epidemic in Canada, but little noise from the Americans. Statistics from 1980 to 2012 in Canada reported that nearly 1,200 women have been murdered, and the tribes say that that figure is low. No one seems to care in the U.S., A Canadian National Inquiry concluded in 2019 that the violence amounts to a race-based genocide of indigenous peoples, especially women, girls, and the LGBTQ2S plus community. The persecution of the LGBTQ plus community in the U.S. is also an attempt to eradicate the group from the public eye. The Native Americans in North America have been systematically targeted since the 18th and 19th centuries, especially in the U.S., and it's still ongoing. When will the descendants of the English colonizers stop trying to wipe out everyone else? Victorian government urged to act as more drag events canceled in wake of threats from the far right. This came out of the Guardian, the Australian news. Advocates say cancellations may embolden anti-LGBTQ plus groups to target other events and state needs stronger anti-vilification laws. 
So they had to cancel some drag events in Victoria, Australia, because of violent threats from the right-wingers. And the Americans think they have a bet. The Australians are taking a lesson, and I'm thinking it all stems from the English parents across the ocean. Here's another one from the UK. This is directly out of Great Britain. Tory Vice Chair Lee Anderson says anti-monarchist monarchists should leave the UK. Contentious MP reacts to arrest of coronation protesters by telling British Republicans to immigrate. In other words, he's saying, you don't like it? Too bad. Leave. We don't want you here. Now, what does that sound like? And this came out of the Guardian.com UK News. And this, this kind of applies to everywhere, uh, whether it's Australia, the UK, here in the United States. Any of the colonies like us got their lessons from their parents in the UK, the Great Britain, and nothing has changed. Then what I have here, I'm not going to say a lot about this. I have a TikTok video that I picked up by Joy Ann Reed. So I'm going to post this video, it's a YouTube video, or I'd say TikTok video, on my webpage for this podcast. And it's very, very important that anybody who listens to this get the message. It talks about how the group of white Christian nationalists want to take over the country. She's very adamant about this, and I think it's really important to listen to. And then there's another one about transgender and gay people. Queer lawmakers battle censorship. Profiles encourage in Montana, Oklahoma on transgender rights. Uh, this came from Vanessa Gallman in Medium.com. It's an article I found with about how the GOP conservatives are coming after more civil rights. They want biblical control over women, transgender people, the LGBTQ plus community, and more to achieve the total control of all the people in the United States and how we need to stand up to them now. A lot more articles are being published about this stuff. And after Donald Trump's little deal last night, probably going to see a lot more. And I have another Medium article that I picked up also on the same line. This is from Teresa Roberts. White Christian nationalism is the root cause of hate and oppression in America. About civil rights and how the MAGA GOP is trying to take over the country and turn the U.S. into a white Christian theocracy. And it's something I've been saying for quite a while now, and a lot more people are starting to come on board with it. We need to put a stop to this, or we're going to end up uh, with a government that we are not going to like. At this point, I'm going to segue over to some history, or anthropology, if you want. This is an article out of the Guardian Science version. Revealed, modern humans needed three tribes and 12,000 years to colonize Europe. Homo sapiens forced out Neanderthals between 54,000 and 42,000 years ago, according to controversial new research. And this talks about early man um, and the migrations from Western Asia up to Europe and how that mirrors the current ongoing migrations around the world now. Seems climate change has a way of repeating itself in the history of the planet. And if anybody's any kind of a, I want to call it a, a reader of history, this is probably something interesting. Um, you might be able to find something like this in general, National Geographic as well. And then I'm going to switch gears completely again 
This is an article that also came out of theguardian.com. This one, again, UK News. Man forced to drive car with suspicious object to police station in Northern Ireland. Mass gang hijacked driver at gunpoint, made him drive with the device to the Omaha police station. It seems that the real IRA is stepping up attacks in Northern Ireland now after the, the anniversary. Do they still have the same agenda that they had back in 1998? Kind of looking that way. I mean, that's, I tell you, that's the wrong way to go about it. You're going you're gonna to really make a lot of people mad over there. You start blowing things up and, and causing damage. But apparently they don't seem to care. This is a little bit, and I'm going to switch gears again. This one's about immigration. Why a glitchy app may be standing in the way of thousands of migrants seeking asylum in the U.S. Biden administration set to lift the public health order that prevented migrants from seeking asylum. So that health order is going to go offline at midnight tonight. This came from Mark Gollum and CBC News. Do you think this may be by design? We already know how much the conservatives don't want any foreigners entering the country over fear of being replaced. So the United States has probably some of the best software coders and app manufacturers around the world. You think the government could get somebody over there to design an app that actually would work for these people? Yeah, I'm thinking that they probably deliberately did this to make it harder for these folks to uh, claim asylum from Mexico. They don't want them coming. So make it, why not do it, uh, you know, do anything kind of roadblock again? So we're going to go back across the world again. This one from Iran. This is out of Al Jazeera News. Iran executes two Quran burners for blasphemy. Blasphemy. The men were said to have insulted Islam and its prophets and run organized efforts to promote atheism. So the only reason I really picked this out a little bit is, again, it, it kind of runs uh, kind of alongside or parallel to uh, what may be happening here in the future of the United States. So are we, are we going to get to a point in the United States where we're going to hang and, and execute people for burning the Bible and related incidents? I'm telling you, there's some states out there that probably aren't too far from that. So I'm going to switch gears once again. St. Kitts and Nevis, not totally free under King Charles III, says PM. This came out of BBC by Celestina Ulod. Alulod. Alulod, yeah. Celestina Alulod. So another article about Caribbean English colonies asking themselves, why are we still English colonies? And the talks of reparations over slave trade that landed their ancestors there in the first place. As more island colonies start falling in line to cut their ties to the Brits, what will the United States do for their descendants and former slaves? The answer is nothing. Although California is actually promoting an idea, but they can't get everybody on board with that yet. But I'd say California is probably the exception to the rule. Nobody else in the United States is really talking about, seriously, any reparations for former slaves or descendants of former slaves. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And in this one, another anti-LGBTQ thing. How Project Veritas is advancing the anti-LGBTQ agenda in schools. Educators in New York are facing backlash after videos released by Project Veritas showed them discussing their approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion by Marissa Cabas. 
This came out of HuffPost.com. A story about how a right-wing organization is using illegal videos taken to spin a false narrative about the LGBTQ plus communities and educators trying to figure out how to navigate the current culture war in the U.S. And when I'm saying illegal videos, that means that they were bringing these things in, in their pockets and purses, and running these videos underneath desktops and, and behind book bags or what have you, taking these illegal videos without permission, and then posting them on public websites. That's illegal. And maybe somebody will hold them to account, maybe. But knowing the GOP, probably not. After two mass shootings, Serbians rally against violence. So this goes back to what I said last week about Serbia having a couple of mass shootings over there. And likely, you know, lessons learned from the U.S. Tens of thousands rally in Belgrade demanding the resignation of key ministers and a ban on violent TV content. This is out of AlJazeera.com. As Tom Hartman talked about in his show last week, Serbia is going over the top to stop gun violence in her country. I got the details are in the article, which I will post the link to. My question is, why can't the Americans do this? The Italians condemn insult of Austrian cheese, European mozzarella. I brought this up as kind of a funny article. I say not real funny, ha ha laughing, but it's amusing. So Brothers of Italy counselor in Veneto reports package featuring gondola and tower pizza for counterfeiting. This came out of the Guardian World News. The Italians are upset about a mozzarella cheese product made in Austria by a Chinese company and is stealing is fake over their authentic product. My thing is, if, are, are the Italians the only ones allowed to make mozzarella cheese in Europe? Seems like they think so. Now, I've got another American article here, only because every week that I find more news on child labor, illegal child labor, I'm going to give it to you, all right? Because I really hate this stuff. And if there was anything more I can do to condemn it and make it stop, I would. They were little. Photos show children illegally working in U.S. slaughterhouse. Images released by U.S. Labor Department show conditions over 100 children faced at Packers Sanitation Services Incorporated. Come out of the Guardian.com U.S. News. A 60 Minutes report finally breaks open what I've been saying with all the other stories for the last few weeks about minor children working illegally in the cleanup section late at night in the meatpacking industries out west. These companies were fined heavily by the government, but how many others are still getting away with this? And the answer is probably a lot. Again, these companies are at the point now where they're so desperate for labor that they are willing to pay the fines, jack up the price a little bit to accommodate, and just keep moving on. They don't care anymore. And here's another one. Um, this is another an anthropology article here that I got out of the Guardian Science. Some of the first humans in the Americas came from China, study finds. New genetic study finds that some of the first arrivals came during the last ice age and shortly after in two distinct migrations. So this links Ice Age Chinese as contributors to the Native American DNA throughout the continent to add to the already known Siberian link. So it's like anything else. It's been going around for a couple of decades or more how Native American, original Native Americans crossed the land bridge up there in Alaska, uh, coming over from Siberia 
and they were the first Native Americans in the, in the North American continents. Well, now we're finding out that, well, that's not exactly a true statement. Apparently, a bunch of Chinese from the northwest corner of the, of the country came over with these folks from Siberia. They kind of mixed over and mixed their DNA together a little bit, like most tribes do. All right, so this one is completely different here. Um, I picked this article out of The Guardian, and this is in the technology section. Tucker Carlson to revive show on Twitter after Fox News dismissal. So last week, I asked the question, where's Tucker Carlson going to land because he got fired? Well, now we know. He's trying to prom promote Twitter to uh, get him his own special video podcast on Twitter. And that way he can continue doing what he's been doing all along. Now, will that upset the Apple cart? Oh, absolutely. Everywhere that Tutter, all his fan base, because he Fox News lost 50% of their viewers when Tucker Carlson left. Well, guess where they're all going to go now? And then here's another environmental article that I picked up from May 9th. Opinion. The global gold rush puts the Amazon rainforest at greater risk, write Robert Muga and Mac Margolis. This is in NPR.org. The opinion piece from NPR talks about how the previous president let the gold miners run rampant in the Brazilian rainforest to dig up gold and all the chaos to the environment. With the price of gold skyrocketing around the world, demand for gold is even higher, and a lot of overseas buyers don't care if it's dug up and sold illegally. President Lulu is working hard to correct that, but it's an uphill battle. The planet needs him to succeed because if the Amazon rainforest prevails, the earth will plunge into an environmental disaster. And that's also very, very true. And this is, again, a little bit of humor here. This comes from China. Chinese police detain man for allegedly using chat GPT to spread rumors online by Chris Lau on CNN. A sign of the few times, a sign of the new times with all of this AI coding, artificial intelligence. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more stories about stuff like this in the future, how people are going to start using artificial intelligence to cheat their way through all kinds of stuff, spread false rumors. There's already stuff been going on with AI regarding, um, what do you call it, uh, chopping heads and putting them on pictures and digitally enhancing them so they look so real. Uh, fake pictures of celebrities and stuff like that. Well, now you're going to have fake articles, uh, dating apps, you name it, all kinds of stuff, because these people want to make money and they don't care how they do it. Republicans' anti-trans assault has an Achilles heel. By cruelly targeting minorities, the GOP could accidentally create a new consistency. This came from the NewRepublic.com. With all these assaults going on across the country in this new culture war, this article lays it all out. All of these groups of people may rise up and vote out these misogynistic legislatures, legislators by creating a new and different voting block. Imagine women, trans people, LGBTQ people, all coming together as a national voting block to fight against this culture war. Well, it's starting. They are starting to come together in a lot of places. So again, if this trend keeps on going... There is hope for those of us who are kind of on the liberal side of life uh, here in the United States. After all, we may we may not devolve into a fascist 
uh, uh, authoritarian government here in 2024. This one here goes back to some school stuff. Now, every week, again, I try to give you some uh, school stories, uh, U.S. schools, I should say, here, because they're failing badly. And here's another one I picked up last week. Enrollment in U.S. schools hasn't bounced back since pandemic data shows. And this is in the Guardian.com education section by Linda Jacobson. Across the country, public schools, especially in urban areas, are losing students left and right. Kindergartens are seeing less and less enrollments. Classrooms are sparse. School boards are facing choices of layoffs and school closures. In the rural areas, a lot of city folks are migrating, but the schools are not equipped to handle things and are losing to, out to ESA funding, school vouchers, and, you know, that's kind of what they're calling it in some states. This goes along with the overall changing landscape of public education in the United States. And what that basically means is red states are losing a lot of people because they don't like the way the classes are being taught or what's being taught in them. They have transgender children and they're escaping all of the legislation and so on and so forth. Urban school systems are losing students left and right because they're escaping the violence and everything else and the high crime. And mostly a lot of places it's a high rents. And uh, and uh, high mortgage, you know, the high cost of mortgages and stuff. They can't afford to live there anymore. So they're headed for cheaper places. So right now, migration across the United States, the internal migration, is in serious flux with people going from state to state to find their happy spots. And it's affecting all the public school systems across the country. Some of them are getting more kids than they can handle. Some of them are losing kids that they can't handle. And they're either consolidating or closing schools. And this is another environmental article that I picked up. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, kind of a, a lightweight here. And this came out of the Guardian environmental section. Sound artist eavesdrops on what is thought to be the world's heaviest organism. Artist records underground sounds generated by Pando, a huge group of aspens in Utah here in the U.S. considered to be a single organism. And this sound artist records sounds through the interconnected trees. And what I'm talking about here is there's a, there's a forest full of aspen trees in southwestern Colorado that, ha, that covers about 106 acres. And all of these trees are interconnected, making them all one organism. So this guy, you know, he takes his hydrophone and he drops it down a, a hollow center of one of the trees. And it makes you kind of wonder if all the other trees around the world, especially in old growth forests, are also interconnected. This guy was recording sounds from the bottom of this tree down near the roots. So his partner would knock on a branch in a tree a little far, you know, a few, a few trees over, and this man could record that sound through the tree that he had his hydrophone in. And the question is, you know, my question, as far as all this is concerned, if the trees around the world are all interconnected, especially in these really, really old growth, old growth forests, are we killing these organisms And when we cut down the trees? Do all these trees actually have voices and thoughts? I mean, think about it. If you had a, a large enough group of people that could stand together in a 106-acre spot, and they all held hands. So if you listen to the heartbeat of one person and somebody else 
raise their heartbeat for any reason, five or six people down. And the person you're listening to could could actually hear that hear that heartbeat. Well, are the trees doing the same thing? I mean, I don't know about heartbeats, but are we killing living organisms when we do this that are crying and screaming because they're being cut down and destroyed? Kind of kind of makes you wonder a little bit. And in the EU details, violations of Greece's model refugee camps. So I'm going from climate and environmentalists over to immigration again. This one comes from Greece, and I picked this up this morning. This is internal EU documents show Greece's new generation of refugee camps struggle to provide accommodations in line with asylum standards. So EU has asylum standards for any refugee camp within their domain. And it talks about how there's three refugee camps on these islands off the coast of Greece and how they're failing to meet basic standards due to lack of personnel, such as doctors and security, and basic essentials like water. So the question is, is this due to attitudes? Because they don't like all these immigrants coming from Africa, for example, or the Middle East, or just lack of attention, again, for the same reason. Um, are they wanting all, are they all just kind of basically saying, you know, I don't see anything, I don't hear anything, I don't know anything kind of business. And there's another one here, um, environmental thing from Canada. Canada, images of felled ancient tree, a gut punch, old growth experts say. Shocking photos of chopped down tree in Western Canada highlight flaws and plan to protect forests from loggers, activists say. And this came out of The Guardian. Goes to show you that money is more important than forest and clean air. North America is just as bad as South America when it comes to decimating forests for the resources. All to make some humans richer in the short term and not for any future generations. So with that, that's all I've got for news stories for you this week. Um, I'm going to take a little break at this point and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. While I'm out, I've got, to, I've got something for you to listen to that kind of promotes my written articles and online publications. And go ahead and listen to that. And please stay tuned for my op-ed of the week in the second half of the show. I want to take this break time to bring attention to my website, Crombieha, at https colon forward slash forward slash 527.websitex5.me. I have a blog page where I offer insights and teasers about the articles and stories I write and where I posted them. Here in the website, you can also learn a little more about what Crombieha means for a little bit of Irish culture and more about me in general. I also have links to my Medium and Substack pages, an ad page for my books, and a contact page in case someone cares to leave a message. If you care to read my Medium.com articles, I have an option at the end of all the articles and stories to leave a donation to my coffee fund and to sign up for a subscription if you want. No one's obligated to financially support my work because I post everything for free. Medium does ask you to sign up to read the full piece, though, even if it is for free. So just a heads up. If you want to read something and don't want to sign up for anything, give me a shout through the contact page on my website, and I'll reach back out to you to see if we can work something out. Welcome back to the second half of the show. This week's op-ed is about education, or lack thereof, 
and the connection to mass shooters. An online friend of mine from Albuquerque, New Mexico, brought up an excellent thought this week. Could a lack of proper public ed school education be a big contributor to all this extreme right-wing rhetoric, cultural polarization, and mass shootings? Think about it. If you graduated from high school, or didn't, and now struggle to read newspapers or online news media, have trouble understanding all the big words used in some of the TV news media these days, where would you go to get your news? People, especially lazy Americans, will usually take the path of least resistance for everything. In this case, TV news like Fox News, right-wing podcasts, radio shows, and so on, because they speak to their viewers in a dumbed-down language they can understand. Now, there are a lot of well-educated right-wing people, such as GOP-elected legislatures, lawyers, and others, that spot a lot of hate language, too. But are they truly educated? Maybe they are only educated in the subjects that fit their narrow narrative on life. If you were raised by parents who espoused hate and bigotry, I imagine that would rub off on you to a degree, some more than others. Like the Tennessee and Oklahoma legislators, for example. But there are so many others, like haters in Montana. How many of them have any acceptance of people from outside their region? If you have a narrow view on life, despite having a college degree, does that make you uneducated? I think it depends on who's asking. Just because you have a sheepskin doesn't mean you have any common sense. For those of us in the world who have seen the world outside the United States, the good and the bad, our viewpoint is usually a lot broader than someone who's never left their state or country for any reason. Acceptance of others is a learned thing, something you get from your parents or not, or when you are immersed in another culture, such as the military or living in another country for a while. Even living in a different region in the United States for a while can give you a different cultural perspective. It might give you a little more understanding and maybe some acceptance of others, or make you feel worse so much so that you run back to your comfort zone as quickly as you can when your business is finished, never wanting to leave home again. For all those less educated, and by that I mean those who live narrow-minded way of life, working class or non-workers as it may be, living, in a, living a narrow-minded life may give you some comfort from the scares of the big world outside. This can apply to anyone, from CEOs to trailer trash. It's a lot less scary to use the internet to find like-minded people to hang out with. We all want to belong to some kind of tribe. It's in our core DNA programming, something I recently wrote about and posted at Medium.com. Humans are social animals, and when you can't socialize in person because you're too afraid of the outside world, it affects your mind in weird ways, such as getting swastika tattoos and spouting hate and bigotry online and sometimes in public. When your closest friends are in another state and you are living alone in a cheap apartment or a crappy house, your mind can get bent in the wrong direction and bad things happen such as committing suicide by cop. Those who chose to go out in a blaze of glory for their imagined cause usually want to do it in such a way as to be immortalized in the news. Unfortunately, these days, the fame they seek only lasts a couple of weeks until the funerals are finished in the news feeds. Then it becomes someone else's turn. That's the trouble with these poorly educated folks. They can't see beyond their imaginary hatred, and everyone loves the show. Before long, someone else will get convinced that they need to be a martyr for a cause and is the best way to leave their mark on the world. Much like the jihadists in the Middle East, willing to blow themselves up with a vest of C4 to try and take out as many of the purported infidels as, the, as possible. A promise of martyrdom 
and a bevy of vestal maidens await them in paradise when they do these horrible things. In the Christian world, suicide is looked at as a sin against their God. Will that stop a mentally ill person from grabbing a semiotic rifle or pistol and attempt suicide by cop? For these individuals, probably not. By the time they get to that mental state where they are ready to pull that trigger, religion is the last things on their minds. Their consciousness is so consumed with hatred at this point, any spiritual thoughts are warped, if they even have any. Is there a way out of this? Not in the short term. With public education on the decline in the U.S., things are only going to get worse before they start to get better with the younger generations. But only if they can get a proper education, social studies, civics, reading, writing, and math. Something they haven't been getting in the U.S. rural public school systems for decades. With red states taking away funding for public schools, putting the money into vouchers of those who could afford to put their kids in private or charter schools, the masses of the illiterate will continue to grow. And there will be more of the internet indoctrinated, uneducated, suicide cop, wannabe martyrs shooting up schools, malls, and other public places for quite some time yet until things change in the country's collective consciousness. If you thought Uvalde and Allen, Texas are bad, just wait. There's more to come for your entertainment. The U.S. has become another Roman Empire. Massive government corruption, weekend gladiator games, things we like to call major sports, major league sports, and bloody entertainment in the coliseums slash malls around the country. Selfies taken at these gladiatorial events make the online posters lots of money when up- uploaded to social media. So stand by, America. The entertainment is just getting started. So that's all I have for you this week. So I will offer you a thought to ponder as we part ways this, this week. How do you truly feel about mass shootings when they happen far away from your neighborhood? Are you upset or scared enough to intimidate your legislatures into doing something about it? Are you only upset because a story with pictures made it into your daily news feed? If the story didn't end up on your front on your front page, would you care? I would like to thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it and you'll return again for another episode of the Crombie Hall Podcast. Feel free to share this with your friends and relations. The more the merrier. Each podcast will be free for two months in Substack.com and can be downloaded from the iTunes Store, also free. Search for Crown Behaw Podcast or under my name, T-O-D-O-M-H-N-A-I-L-L, in the Apple Store. My goal is for just to feel like a village meeting place atmosphere under the spreading oak tree during our time together with an Irish flair. As a Sean Key, I want to travel to your digital village to bring you the back page news from the outside world and maybe a story or two that might bring you a smile and make you think a little after we part for the day. As I close out this episode, I wish to leave you with this Irish blessing as you go about your day until we meet again. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more and nothing but happiness come through your door. Slongo foil, which means goodbye for now in Irish. <laughs>